What's up, everybody? It is another episode of Social Degenerates. I am your guest. I am your your host. (laughs) Apparently, fuck. (laughs) I'm your host. Sorry. I'm your host, Tyler Boyd, and I am uh, with another another episode off of uh, episode two, Roman Villalobos. What's up, Roman? What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm back again. He's back. Hopefully to sound more Mexican than the first one. Jesus Christ. Are we doing this? I mean, a lot of people reached out to me and were like, hey, Hans, you didn't sound a lot of Mexican like they, like you normally do. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. Were they all wearing bandanas? Yeah, they were all <laughs> sipping Modelo's. <laughs> They're like, come on, Hans, we know you got it in you. Jose Cuervo. Jose Cuervo? Cuervo. 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 I don't even do tequila anymore, so I don't follow brands. or. Do you, what, what happens when you drink tequila? Uh, well, I can tell you the first time I had tequila... Shout out to my dad for being a piece of shit. Love you, dad. Uh, probably around the age of 13. Jesus. Drinking tequila sunrises till like six in the morning. And pretty sure I ended that night getting molested by like an 18 year old. Wow. This took off real dark. Hey, I wasn't. Dude. I thought. You asked me to be I, on the podcast. I, I thought you were going to say something <laughs> about throwing up or, you know, like. Well, have- surprisingly. I don't think I threw up that night. So you are a true Mexican. 100%. Fuck yeah, dude. And this is at a time in Mexico where, and, and it still might be this day, to, like this to this day, but I haven't been to Mexico in well over a decade. Uh, probably, I want to say the last time I was, maybe I was 16, so 16 years ago. But mm. this was at a time where like, you, you know, your dad could hand you whatever the equivalent of like $40 is U.S. to Mexican pesos and say, hey, go down to the store right down the street and pick me up a bottle of tequila and bring it back and yeah, because we're running low. And that was that was the scenario. He's like, hey, run down to the store. And I thought, this is kind of weird. Like, right. it, it was like for me being that young and realizing I could not do this if we were in the States. This would totally be illegal. Okay. I was about to ask you if this was in Mexico or, oh, yeah. or the U.S. Yeah, Mexico is wild. Dude. Well, well, that's like um back in like, you know, I would imagine up until fairly recently, like maybe 90s even, like your mom would hand you a note saying like what kind of cigarettes she wanted. Yeah. And you could, you could walk down the street and be like, hey, my mom needs a pack of cigarettes. You're eight years old. That shit doesn't even exist in Mexico. Especially like if they know who your parent is. Yeah. Like I, I remember that night very vividly. He's like, hey, take this down to the corner store. Tell them I'm your dad. Mm-hmm. And then what, I, I forget even what type of tequila it was, but like tell them you want a bottle of whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And... Handle the money and bring the bottle back. Where at Mexico? Uh, he's from Jalisco. Jalisco, the state of Jalisco. What's that close to? Any any like bigger city? Uh, Mexico. It's city. near. Mm, I don't know how far it is. So Mexico City is the capital. Yeah. I can't say how far it is. Maybe two two and a half hours from Mexico City. I want to say Mexico City is in the same state. Dude, didn't um. <clears throat> Sorry for anybody that's not interested in this subject, but didn't Cain Velasquez uh, fight Junior Dos Santos in Mexico City? Yeah. And that was when he gassed out real bad because yeah. of the air yeah, quality. Cause the, cause, yeah. Well, no, because the elevation was it, well, with him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The elevation, and then I think the air quality also is kind of dog shit. Uh, it, I've never been to Mexico City, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, all the places I've ever been are pretty rural and open, and yeah. you, know, you can see the fucking sky. 
You can see, <laughs> you can see like, the sky. I mean, I'd imagine people that are complaining about air quality or like can't see the stars at night or yeah. can't see a blue sky because of all the smog. Just looks like permanent overcast, like an apocalypse. Much or like LA, you know. That's yeah. You used to hear people like Rogan talk about. You know, I always knew I was getting back to LA by watching my flight land and realizing like I'm just flying and, and landing in smog again. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, they were talking about during the lockdowns and stuff like that. Like everything cleared up. Like because everybody was inside, there was no cars running. Yeah. All that stuff. Like, dude, the one that really got me was in uh. Was it Venice? I think it was Venice. The, the city that's like kind of submerged underwater. Yeah. Yeah, they saw dolphins for the first time in over a century. Mm. That's how much the waters had cleared up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Venice. I thought that was in like Paris or something. Venice or Florence? Florence, I think. I think it was Whatever somewhere hell, in like France or something like that. It, it's like a big tourist destination. But, you know, they, because of the lockdowns, the water had cleared up to the point where dolphins were like, hey, I can go and swim through. The fucking alleys again for yeah. the first time in however long it's been. And not choke on a soda can or something. Yeah, some shit. and not choke on fucking spaghetti and meat sauce. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Hey, hard uh, pause. Hey, you being a combat veteran, Marine, uh, in Afghanistan. Oh, we're going, we're going that direction already. Yeah. <clears throat> this yeah, is going to be a short podcast, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. I had a, I had a quick question um, about your thoughts on something. Uh, because you are a veteran. Um, how do you feel about fat girls with uh, titty tattoos, <laughs> dude? <laughs> yeah, no. So, sorry, I. Th- th- you bitches are right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, I remember one time I was sitting at a restaurant and there was a, there was a big bigger girl. I'm trying not to fat shame. Apparently, I fat shame. Yeah, we're trying to be episodes. a little bit more, uh, not more flag- socially appealing on this episode. No, we're not. Um. So- <laughs> Yeah, fuck you, big whales. <laughs> Let's hold it together, bub. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> now, nah, I was at a restaurant one time. Actually, uh, ah, I should probably shouldn't name restaurants, but uh, it was a Texas lunch in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say the Blackstone in, in Hagerstown. No, why would I say? That's a delicious restaurant. I love I don't that know. restaurant. Do they got good looking hoes? I don't have hostesses. <laughs> hostesses, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. Um, but I was at the restaurant, and uh, I, there's there's a there's a very common theme with bigger girls with tit tattoos, and I'm not talking about like if you got a whole breast tattoo. I'm talking about like the the man's name yeah. on your titty, yeah, for and sure. you know. The one dude that's been locked up for over a decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's been sending commissary money to for fucking yeah. years. And you know. Hey, babe, I'm going to slide you something for the Swiss rolls. <laughs> you know they always have their tits hanging out. They have to show off that one tattoo. It's a, it, Yeah. And a good equivalent of it is um, the guy with a girl's name tattooed on his neck. That's like the male. And they're always skinny as fuck. Always. They're always skinny as fuck. And the girl that has a tit tattoo is always fat. Bro. Never fails. Bro. Never fails. But I was at a restaurant one time and there was one of those girls and I could see her tit. Like I could see the tattoo on her tit. And she was with another girl and a guy and they were like screaming about how like so it it's funny that you actually mentioned it because they were screaming about how like her boyfriend's locked up and like <laughs> 
he's Go always figure. yeah he's always doing this this like whatever the fuck he was doing fucking hood rats but i figured as a as a marine specifically you would have some kind of input on a fat girl with a titty it's tattoo. almost like you know i served my four years in jacksonville north carolina <laughs> just surrounded by fucking uh strip joints with you know yeah. chicks with cesarean section scars hey 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 we should call them plus size models to be Although, shout out to all the black strippers down there. Some of you bitches showed me a good time. Dude, uh, for anybody that doesn't know who Andrew Schultz is. I want to shout her out so hard. I dropped like $400 on her one night. Because I'm sure she's listening right now. Hey, she might. You never know, dude. This might cross her fucking, her her stratosphere. Dude, what if? She might remember that. She rubbed her fat black ass all over my dick. (laughs) It was so nice. That's gonna. actually when I learned that if you want the full experience, because you're paying for that shit, you're paying to get in, you're paying for the beer, you're paying for the dances, you're paying for the back room, you're paying for the back back room. Yeah. And what happens there? Because I've never been there. I've never been. I've only uh, ever made it to the back room. We'll get into this, you know, it, yeah. that's, that's caveating from where I'm headed with this. That was, so going to strip clubs down in North Carolina is, uh, you know, talking to the OG strip club dudes are like, dude, you're doing it all wrong. Like. Think about it. You're dropping all this money, and you're showing up in fucking Levi's. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with my pants? They're like, dude, you show up in fucking Nike track pants. And I'm like, what's the difference? They're like, well, think about it. How much fabric does it take to make Nike track pants? Not a lot. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Yeah. Drop the boxers, too. Just show up in fucking raw dick covered with Nike track pants. You got something going there. For real. And every lap dance was like basically getting fucked by strippers with a little Nike track pant condom on. Mm, I can't see. I can't do strip clubs. And it takes a real OG or somebody that's been there for a long time to tell you like, hey, it takes a pervert. This is how. Yeah, it takes a pervert. Uh, Pervert. Yeah. Perverts go to strip clubs. I would imagine. I don't know. I'm not not saying everybody that goes. When I think of perverts, I think of guys that are into like fucking younger chicks. Not like, no. not like little girls, but like younger than them chicks. So yeah. Forty dudes looking for forty-year-old guys looking for chicks in their early twenties, or yeah. Well, it, it depends on what your definition of pervert is, but I would say if somebody is that fucking knowledgeable about strip club etiquette, probably maybe, a pervert. Maybe he's just been going for a long time. Yeah, that's true. I Speaking guess. of vets, he's he's a fucking he's a grizzled strip club vet. Strip club vet? <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, um I've only been to one strip club before. Uh shout out to I think it's called the Stadium or something like that in State <laughs> College. Uh I've only been there one time. Uh real quick, I know I'm breaking up the story. Side note. Yeah, side note. Um my dog is running around, so if you hear him uh making noise, he's literally staring at the wall looking at shadows. So he'll whimper and walk around every once in a while. So if you hear a little bit of, a little bit of background noise, that's that's all that is. But uh, I've been to one strip club, uh, the stadium. I think it's called the Stadium in uh, State College, and it was not a pleasant experience. It was like I guess it's it's a regular strip club experience, but you pay money to get in, you pay money to strip the or uh, tip these strippers. Uh, you see boobies, you see vagine. Uh, Kind of, sort of. Yeah, kind Well, this was like a... It depends on the owner, really. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think this was a full nude, but like they pulled their panties aside and all that stuff, and like if you tipped them and stuff. But it just left... Like I left, and I was like, okay, well, you know, now I'm kind of 
fucking turned on, but there's no real outcome to it. Like you just go because we we were partying up in State College, and um, for my buddy Kyle Shanks bachelor party, shout out Kyle. But we were we were partying we were partying uh, for this bachelor party, and then like we were done for the night. Like we were all fucking smashed, all of us, and we actually were trying to get into a club. Uh, at one point, like a big club up in State College, and we were standing in line, and a couple of us were like willing to tip the security guard to let us in. There was this long line, and he was game for it. Like we were just pulling out twenties or whatever. He was game for it. He was going to let us in, and then one of our buddies was over next to a car taking a piss out on the main road, and we were just like, he was like, everybody's allowed in except for that guy. So of of course, as a you know, we're all friends. We're not gonna like go in without him so we were all walking around state college like smashed hammered and we were like what do you guys want to do you want to go home or back to the motel anyway or whatever and then we see this van pull up and we had this guy with us that went to state college so he knew the area and shit to do around there and this van pulls up and it says the stadium on it and he was like well you boys want to go to the strip club and we, of course, we're all smashed. We're like, fuck yeah, let's go to the strip club. And that's how we eventually went down to the strip club, rode down in a van. So I went there, got blue balls, took the van back, and just dropped, the fall, dropped oh, us yeah. off in a random location in State College. And then we ended up going home. But that was my only experience with the strip club. I, that's how, only, how old were you? Uh, this is probably five, six, seven years ago, roughly. So I was about 25, 24, somewhere in that ballpark. I, I I could be way off on it, but I think I'm pretty sure it was it wasn't like more than ten years or nothing. I feel like, like that. that's the age where if you, if if that's your first time experiencing it, that you realize like whether or not it's something that you want to yeah. return to. Yeah, you know, I was hitting them young. Like I went in the military at 18. I was gonna say you're in the Marine Corps. What else is there to fucking do? Yeah, especially Jacksonville, North Carolina, like. There ain't shit there. I mean, there's a fucking Walmart. They had a whole boulevard of just like, you know, places where you could shop and restaurants. But to have fun, it was like, okay, we'll go to maybe the biker bar and hope we don't get our asses fucking beat. Yeah. Let's be real. Like a bunch of young Marines would 100% get mowed down by a bunch of bikers or, you know, one of the six strip joints there. Yeah. You know, well, it- get drunk, check out naked ladies. Yeah. Well, it seems very convenient that almost on any military base in America, 100% littered with strip clubs, tattoo parlors. It's almost like they all sign a contract with that base. (laughs) Saying like, hey, we'll operate within a certain vicinity of your base just to keep your guys a little happy. And I don't doubt that that's like a legit thing uh, in the military to keep guys, you know, sort of level-headed. I know for a fact, um, shout out to the Marine Corps for you know, letting us do this whenever I was serving, they really didn't look into uh, prosecuting dudes for drinking underage or anything, especially infantry guys, because they were like, look, we're if, if we're expected to send these guys overseas to fucking fight and probably die, because mm-hmm. let's be real, Afghanistan was fucking crazy littered with IEDs and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of guys dying young. Why do we care about whether or not they're drinking underage? Right. You know, as long as they're not out in town in Jacksonville proper, like getting rolled up by JPD. Yeah. And then causing a problem for us. So a lot of times they would know what's going on, but it's like, I mean, do we really care? Because these guys are going to be 19 next year going over to Afghanistan for their first tour. Right. 
and that and that and and that's like that age old thing. And now even with tobacco, but like that's like that age old thing. Like you're old enough to serve, but you can't drink a beer. And now they raise tobacco, I think nationally to twenty one. You mean to tell me I can get shot at, but I can't smoke a cigarette yeah, to relieve was, I'm the telling stress? You, that was that was the Marine Corps mentality back then. It's so fucking insane to me. Like, you know, as a as a former smoker, uh, it's <clears throat> I'm trying to think of how to word this. Like when you're stressed out, when you're depressed, especially when you're stressed out, like nothing cools you down like a cigarette. And if I'm getting shot at, like if I got deployed right now and got sent into a combat area, I'm sure I'd pick up smoking again because I would be so stressed out on a daily with, you know, the shit that you guys got to put up with over there. But You know, they actually, on my first deployment, they ran a tab on me. You know, you watch some shows where they're like, oh, we'll run a, we'll run, like, we'll do a running bet on you to see how long it takes you to do X or Y or Z. Mm -hmm. For me, because guys found out that I, I don't, I didn't dip at the time. I'd never... I don't want to say I'd never smoked a cigarette. Yeah. I think th I think I tried a cigarette once when I was like nine years old. One yeah. time, like Jesus. visiting my yeah, visiting my dad down. <laughs> Your in dad again. Bro, I'm telling you, <laughs> shout out to my dad for being a fucking piece of shit. Let me do whatever I want. <laughs> Love you, motherfucker. Yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, it's like nine years old. I remember like taking a, a I don't even want to say it was a drag. I literally took a puff of a cigarette, tasted it with my tongue, and was like Fuck that. Never did. Didn't even do the inhale. Yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, this tastes like, I don't even know what this tastes like. Right. I haven't eaten anything that tastes like this yet. <clears throat> so that was nine. After that, I'd like swore off cigarettes for the rest of my life to the point I got in the military. Even to this day, I, I've still never had a cigarette aside from being nine years old. But on my first deployment, they ran a running bet on me. And, and it was exactly what you're talking about. Like the whole, they tried to use the stress thing against me. Yeah. They're like, you're going to be so fucking stressed out, dude, when you get in your first firefight and you actually survive it and then you're sitting there and you're hyperventilating and then you cool down and you think about all this shit and you get time to process it and you're going to realize like, hey, I lived through that. And the first thing you're going to want to do is smoke a fucking cigarette. And I went, no, I'm not going to want to do that. But my only pushback to that is having never smoked a cigarette before, you don't know what that's like. You do, You don't know... Um, you know, exactly how like a cigarette will calm, kind of calm you down. And I don't even know if it's like a chemical thing. It might just be like the hand to mouth motion. It might be whatever the fuck it is, but it's, there's something very soothing and calming. That's like one of my favorite pastimes. And I still do it to this day. I, I, I smoke sometimes when I'm drinking or like when I'm around a fire, there's something calming about it. But like, if you've never experienced it, it's hard to be like, well, it's not, it's, if you never experienced it, it's hard to just be like, yeah, I'm going to smoke a cigarette because I'm stressed out because you don't know what it does to you. But if you knew like what it does to you, uh, maybe, you know, like it, basically if you quit and you're, you quit cold Turkey or whatever, you, you quit for two years and then you get sent to Iraq and you start getting shot at, you would probably be more inclined to be like, all right, Give me somebody give me a cigarette. Like I, I need to chill the fuck out. I don't know. So if any of these guys were like trying to win money off me, I would have had to have been a smoker before yeah. they had said, like, hey, we're gonna start betting on how long it takes you to fucking smoke a cigarette. Yeah, unless you got that like real degenerate that's like, look, I'm probably gonna die out here. What's a cigarette gonna hurt me? You yeah. know, unless you got one of those kind of like types. Oh, yeah. But I would say like 
yeah, if you, if you had quit smoking and then you go over to Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever uh, and you start getting shot at, you're probably going to want one or, gotcha. or a dip. Gotcha. I would imagine it's the same situation. I don't dip. I've never dipped. I've dipped like yeah, twice. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like it. But I would imagine it's probably the same effect with, with somebody that dips. It's probably, you know, they probably get some kind of like relief out of it, so to speak. Which is weird because, you know, cigarettes and chew kill people. But, like, it's also, like, a a thing. Sorry, I had to burp. I'm trying not to burp into the fucking microphone. I've For had all a, you guys fucking requesting burps. Yeah, I, I've, had a, I've had a lot of requests when people tell me to stop burping into the Tyler, microphone. Tyler, will you burp for me? <laughs> that sounds like a fucking fetish. Yeah, uh, sounds like some fucking cuck in his basement asking you for burp for him. No, but ironically, um, I know I joked around there in that first segment, but I really did want to ask your opinion about uh, Afghanistan vet, um, specifically well, I don't Afghanistan. Think it, I, I, don't, I don't even think I asked. I answered your original question about the whole like, I didn't really have a question. I didn't really have a question. It was more just a statement like, what do you think of them? (laughs) For the record, I hate you. I hate all of you bitches out there with fucking name tattoos on your titties. That shit's so goddamn cringe. And I hate that I said the word cringe just now. Yeah. But stop doing it. It doesn't look good. Get a tattoo literally anywhere else on your body. Leave your fucking chest virgin. For real. No, hold on. I'm going to push back on that. Unless I'm not going to. let me, you want a cute girl to be able to wear a fucking V-neck and have a nice little for display. You don't want her to have, look like a fucking billboard for ex-cons. Well, for my for 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 my experience, my fiance has like the little uh, I don't God, she's gonna kill me because she listens to every episode. She's gonna kill me because I don't know what the fucking name of it is. But she has like he this, loves you. Don't do anything to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has like the little squiggly line in between her boobs. Oh, hey, she got like the. I know, like, if it goes under your boobs, it's called a chandelier. But uh, I don't know what it I've is. I've been meaning to want to know what they... Yeah, that's... Called, that was a big trend. Yeah. Couple, it, might, it might even still be, but I've always wondered what that ta- that, that type of tattoo was called. Yeah, it's, it's, when it goes... I know when it goes under your boobs, it's a chandelier. I don't know what it is uh, when it goes in between your boobs. But, listen, I'm not mad at a girl that has a nice piece done. Like, it has to be, like, legit quality. Now, mind you, I'm... I don't want to say I'm covered in tattoos, but I have a generous amount. I like tattoos. I mean, my fiance, she has a sleeve and most of her other arm done and her legs done. And, you know, so I like the tattoo look. It's, I just don't like the fucking name on the titty. That's, that's, that's the only yeah. fucking thing. I don't like the name on the titty. I mean, especially if you got foobs. Sorry, I know I'm yeah. not being politically correct. Well, like, imagine banging somebody out missionary and you got to stare at the fucking name of an ex-boyfriend <laughs> or... And it's, yeah, it's just not something you're. Yeah, yeah. Not cool, ladies. Don't do it. And like I said, that's the same thing with dudes that got a girl's name. Unless it's, see, I'm not even a big fan of that. I was gonna say unless it's like the guy's kid, but put it anywhere else. Even but then, on your fucking neck. You really want to be staring at a child's name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when you're fucking looking. delivering straight pipe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Straight pipe. You see the name Edgar. On somebody's fucking tattoo. <laughs> Who the fuck got Edgar Allan Poe on their shit? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Mexicans out there named that, Edgar, That's man. such a 1930s name, and you Edgar. fucking picked Edgar. Edgar. There's literally a million names you could have chose. And I don't even want to come off as anti-tattoo or like I don't or like women with tattoos. I do. I do like women with full sleeves. Hell yeah. Sometimes leg tattoos I can get into, but I just wish women would stick to more of like a Japanese approach to tattoos. Where you only get them 
to a certain point. Like, yeah. take your arm, for instance. You could get it from shoulder to, like, two or three inches above your wrist. Why can't you just go right down to the wrist? Well, and, and, and it might be different, but I, from what I understand about Japanese tattoo culture and how it's accepted over there, they really don't want tattoos to be visible in public. Mm. So what a lot of guys and the Yakuza were big on this. I don't and, and I don't even know why because they were a criminal organization. So you would think, why the fuck would they care about hiding their tattoos? But literally, if you looked at like the diagram of the human body, they mm. would have their arms full yeah. sleeve tattoos down to about two or three inches above their wrist. Right. Then their legs down to about like two or three inches above their ankles, and literally nothing on their midsection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. And they usually have their back. So that they could too. wear a shirt and be able to like wear, you know, you want to you're feeling frisky, you want to open one of them two one or two of them buttons. Hell yeah. You know, when you're sucking on that sake. <laughs> well, let me just tell you one thing. You just basically described Japanese culture, but we're in fucking America. Yeah, but a lot of our shit is made by the Japanese. No, Chinese. So they are they are relevant. What the fuck do you own that's made by the Japanese? Uh, Name one thing. One. I owned a Honda Civic one time. <laughs> I guess you got a fucking point. Who knows? I owned a Honda Civic. Uh, my favorite fucking car ever. Uh, well, I don't know. I swapped two engines in that motherfucker and a transmission. I bet you didn't do it yourself. 270,000 miles on the original motor before it blew up on me on Interstate 81. Interstate 81? On the oh. way to Carlisle to work. Hey, all right, so what I was originally going to ask you, I'm going to ask you here in a second. Uh, give us just a little break, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Uh, sorry about that. Back I, like I didn't see Tyler's ass crack hanging out of his jeans when he was taking a piss. Did you really? No, I didn't. I was going to say, all that time we just talked, and you never said nothing about it. You were waiting for the fucking... <laughs> Look you were at your face. You're live. looking at me like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. You Bro, saw I'm, me. I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, so we were on the subject of... Uh, Afghanistan. I didn't ask you the last episode because I didn't want to get too far in it. You're going to take me there. I'm taking you back. You're going to fucking take me there. How do you feel about uh, the pull out of Afghanistan? I, uh, uh, for, for anybody, I'll give you the cookie cutter answer. I don't like it much like anybody else that's ever been there and served. Don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I saw it, ha- I saw it coming, honestly. Did you feel like it was inevitable? Yeah. 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 Um, especially from, I mean, we were big on my first deployment in being guys that trained the Afghan national army, you know, a lot of military operation and how, you know, this is how you do this and this is how you do that. And this is how you patrol. And Mm -hmm. so, and even, and I wasn't even in like a formal training position with those guys. I was more on the outskirts watching what was going on. Yeah. And even then, I could tell, like, there's no fucking hope for these guys, dude. Like, did they just not seem comprehensive to what you guys were trying to train they them? They just, they don't understand. I don't even want to call it patriotism. Just a sense of pride in their country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that that's just, like, to them, it's like, why? Yeah. Why? Why have that much pride in anything? You know? So they don't have, like the backbone morals that Americans have. No, and I'm not no. trying to get all right wing, but like, no, and I don't think we could even understand it from their context. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about a country that has been basically ruled by the Taliban since the late eighties, early nineties. 
and completely reestablished what that country needed to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the biggest thing for me in going over there was looking up pictures on Google and shit and seeing like what Kabul looked like in the 1980s. And it was super modern, girls walking down the street, like, you know, mini skirts, button blouses. I almost, almost didn't believe. Sorry, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties with the headphones. That's what, okay, I think. We're oh, back. we're back. Sorry about that. So seeing pictures from like the 1980s in Kabul and seeing how how just modernized it was and then actually going there and seeing what it ended up being, which was a lot of women walking around in burqas. Son of a bitch. Sorry, they're not going to be able to hear this. This is coming through our headphones. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to be able to hear this. <coughs> this is this is the output. This isn't the input. So if you want to keep talking, go ahead. I'll try to figure out this uh, headphone scenario. So for me, that was the biggest thing was just getting over there and seeing that the pictures weren't what I had seen portrayed. Um. So again, going back to like the whole perspective thing, I can't say that we would understand what it's like to grow up without that sense of like, Hey, I have so much pride in my country that I would want to fight for it. Right. And even give my life for it. Right. A lot of those guys just didn't see it that way because to them it was as simple as like, look, if as long as I pay the Taliban, whatever they're asking me for a month, they leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. They let me farm my field. They let me, you know, they don't hassle me. Mm-hmm. So I can't say we understand that because we don't have somebody on, you know, telling us. I mean, we might. Right now, with this current administration. Fuck. But we don't really have somebody with their boot on their neck telling us, hey, this is what you're going to do. And this is how much you're going to pay me in order for me to leave you alone. Right. So credit to them. They tried their hardest, but I mean. Did they, though? It was like a, what, a week takeover? I'm saying for like the whole lead up to the whole draw out and situation. Oh, I got you. From what I could see, like they were actually putting in an effort with the whole training and, you know, trying to work with us and understand what it was like to be good soldiers, quote unquote. Um, I thought y'all were Marines. They were, yeah, Marine. they were soldiers. Oh, I got you. I was going to say a Marine would never. Motherfucker. Call, a Marine would never call themselves a soldier. It's like, a, yeah. dude, I remember when I'm working at the jail and if I said their name, you would know who I'm talking about. I said something about, uh, but me and Roman have worked at the same jail. Same county jail. Not at the same time, but we worked at the same jail. And uh, I was talking to a gentleman who was a uh, retired Marine. Well, not retired, but he spent some time in the Marines. And I called him uh, ex-Marine. And this motherfucker dead-eyed looked at me. I earned that. There is no such thing as ex-Marine. There's former Marine. Yeah, we're former Marines. And I'm like, okay, calm the fuck down, boner boy. Like, you, we'll be all right. I wish I knew who you were talking about. Because I would say some flagrant ass shit. But if it's who I think you're talking about, then I have a little bit more respect for that guy. So I want shit on his good name. Here. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that dude. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah. I kind of figured you were going to go there. But, uh, you, you know he's not there anymore. 
Yeah, we don't have to we talk won't about go that on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I know he's not there. Um, Off podcast conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but in the manner of how they pulled out of Afghanistan. I didn't like it at all. So they had no real plan. Uh, they pulled out all the military, all the... Well, no, they didn't even pull out all the Americans. They just pulled out no. all the military and then kind of left some like contractors and D, D, uh, DOD I guys. I think as far as... As far as what we know, there's still Americans over there, and the green embassy. card holders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's and a, tra- a lot of people that you know, a lot of Afghans that helped us looking to get into the country, right. are still stuck over there, and we're just like, yeah. I mean, like I know they had a deadline to pull out, but you would think in the time before the deadline, they would have strategically thought of a process of you would pull- think. Yeah, of pulling people out while still having boots on ground, meaning military, uh, while having military present, that way we could get everybody out safely. And they just kind of fucking took all the military personnel out and just left a bunch of like government contractors and, and, and green card holders, meaning Afghans that held green cards and people that have helped us out, which is ISIS's first target, uh, the Taliban's first target. If they find out you're an Afghan and you helped out American troops or American the the American government, you're the first to go. Yeah, you're you're pretty much fucked. Yeah, and you know, I've I've even heard some horror stories over there about uh you know what's happening to a lot of the people that helped us, and like it's the, not good, man. Like them, their families, like everything else. But I just wanted to get a uh, Afghan veteran input. I mean, I don't like it. I saw it happening. You know, if we go into specifics with all the like equipment we left over there, how quick we pulled out, the you know the strategics behind it. I think that uh, that Marine Colonel. Uh, oh, the one that spoke out, Scheller. I don't know the name, but we should probably look that up. Scheller. Are you talking about the one that spoke out on? Yeah, the, the one that he he actually. I don't know. I gotta look it up because. I might be speaking out of turn, but I think that he spent some time in the brig. Yeah, no, he did. What he he did. did. He did. Um, but he he had so up until that point, I was like, so the whole pullout deal, yeah, it sucks. But I don't. Is is it really as bad as people are making it out to be? And he elaborated on it the most that made me realize, like, oh yeah, we fucking did that entirely wrong. So. Again, they're so speaking. I mean, I, I've only been there twice. I've gone into Afghanistan through the same airfield two times, which is in Kandahar, uh, KAF. And as far as I know, there's only one other main way to get into Afghanistan, and that's Kabul mm-hmm. up in the north. Now, Kabul is where we had housed a lot of the Taliban that we had arrested and rolled up and put into prison because they have a you know a big prison up there like a physical prison Mm. to put people into in cells and we had a lot of guys rolled up there and his whole deal this schneller guy i think that's his name was why would we pull out of kabul and move anybody everybody to kandahar which is kandahar is relatively an unsecured airfield in afghanistan Mm. not nearly as secured as kabul Mm. meaning u.s troops Meaning, so perimeter security and I mean, I remember from the being, U.S. though, yeah, 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 yeah. We we even coalitioned. I mean, because in Kandahar we had, I mean, there were British there, there were American U- forces, um, but 
it just wasn't as secure as as a base as you would think. Mm-hmm. I don't maybe the op tempo there wasn't as as you know as 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 quick or as bad as other places. I don't know, but this guy made it a point to say like Kabul was one of our most secure airfields there. But it's also a place where he held a lot of those fucking Taliban guys that we rolled up, you know, our whole 20 years there. Right. So they pulled out. The first thing a Taliban did was go straight to Kabul and release that whole prison. Which is all their boys. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I haven't looked in that, that deep into it, but that's the one point he brought up. And I'm like, yeah, that that seems pretty... Pretty fucking weird to me why we would pull out of Kabul, knowing that we had so many of those guys locked up. It was one of more more secure air bases in terms of like, hey, we can bring a lot of people here and get them out of the country, you know, right? Without the thought of like, hey, how many people we're going to lose in the process of doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shitty situation overall, and I've and I'll admit this to the death of me. I was in the military. I did six years in the National Guard. Uh, Army National Guard, and I didn't do a fucking thing with my military career. Uh, I, I, I even hesitate to call myself veteran. If anything, I'll call myself prior service because <laughs> I literally fucking would go there on a, uh, once a month and spin around in a computer chair. So, uh, but I'll correct you there. If you put on a uniform and served your country, you're a vet. Yeah, I know. Me and my, me and my one. Uh, because you're still part of that. What is it? Less than one percent. Yeah, the total yeah, yeah, population yeah. that serves in the armed forces. Yeah, my my buddy Joe and I, um, and he's a Marine Corps veteran, combat veteran. Uh, we were talking about this the other day too, and uh, he was like, "Dude, call yourself a veteran." And I'm like, "Ah, eh, well, I mean, in in I guess in the textbook definition, I am, but it's just call yourself a veteran. Just don't go for the free meal at Applebee's on Veterans Day. <laughs> You'll be good, bro. That's literally the only reason I signed up." <laughs> That's the only fucking. I want mac and cheese and fucking mashed potatoes. And it better fucking my medium rare steak. And it better be free because I'm a vet and I'm a veteran. And you know what I do? I go there and I wear my fucking class A's. I wear my class A's. Please don't do that. I wear my class A's, my beret, and I wear it indoors because I don't give a fuck. But uh, now I I I um just my my outlook on it, and of course I've never been there. Obviously, uh, but I just I looked at it and I'm like, dude, how the the okay the first thing uh, I will guard. Okay, I'm about to go real like who uh, on everybody, but the one of the general orders I can't remember which one. It's been a while, but it's I will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. Holy shit! I fucking remember shit, kid. I got the fucking memory of a goldfish. That was practically beat into me, which isn't good. And uh, I don't remember my general orders at all. <laughs> Right, that's the only one I really. You must re- be a fucking nerd. But it's it's like, um, yeah, I am. Um, but it well, no, I had to fucking write that a hundred times on a notepad. So did I? No, no, no. Listen, I had to write that a hundred times on a notepad because I was on fire watch and I used the restroom and nobody was at the front table uh, in the barracks. So, and a drill sergeant walked up when I was using the bathroom, so he made me write that a uh, hundred times. But, uh, um. I'm sorry, I got a text message that I had to take. Uh, but but outside looking in of somebody that never been in Afghanistan, I know I've said this like three fucking times and haven't gotten to the point yet, but um, I just thought it was just befuddled. Like, I just thought it was all fucked. Like, that 
again, we pull out all the troops before we pull out everybody else. And I'm sure this is probably most people's take on it, unless you're a fucking psycho. But that's not how things work, especially in the military, especially when you're trying to get people out of a dangerous, hostile environment. Um, I don't know. I just... I mean, it's as simple as saying, hey, we spent 20 years over in that country to whittle down the withdrawal to days or even weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to spend all day on this Afghanistan stuff because, I mean... Because none of you fucking care, let's be honest. Uh, Specifically, you... Fuck. She wants me to check. God damn it. Uh, We're going to take a real quick break. All right, and we're back. Sorry about that. I had a... uh, uh, something I had to take care of. Uh, he has trouble turning his phone off to ignore text messages. I know. I'm sorry. It, it happens. Um, so the one thing I want to ask you about, have you seen there's a new season of Narcos? I already watched the whole fucking No, season. you didn't stop. Fuck. Well, I was gonna, Don't even I, talk about it, bro. I, uh, yeah. I will ruin the whole thing for you. I was going to say. I will say as far as, so this is, this is the third Mexico installment. Yeah. It was fucking Guzman. For me, for me, it was the worst. Really? Of the Mexico installments. Yep. I was gonna say, I'm, dude. Nothing beats Pablo Escobar. Nothing beats a Colombian uh, adaptation. I mean, this one, this one focused on. uh, Fuck! I only know his nickname in Spanish: El Señor de los Cielos, the Lord of the Skies. He. uh, So that that's who this this season kind of focused on. And it wasn't a bad thing. I just felt like the content was so much more lackluster. Mm. Like for him to be the focus, he wasn't he wasn't as pivotal as a part in the story as it should have been. That's just how I felt. Is that now the guy you with, might watch it and think like this is just as good as the last one, but is that the guy with the beard that wrecked the plane? No, he is the so he's the he's tall Skinny, long hair, always wore black, sunglasses. Yeah, sounds like my dream man. But he (laughs) (laughs) No, he's the guy with the beard, right? Sounds like my fucking dream Latino. Doesn't he have the beard? No. Uh, He might have at one point. Uh, I mean, here I am talking about I just seen the whole fucking season. And I can't remember if he had a beard or not. Maybe he did. Um, uh, he, He set up... He was one of the ones like... He had a legit connection to the the Cali cartel. That guy, yes, yeah, That's yeah, him, yeah. Bro. He has a beard. Yep. You fucking piece of shit. Sorry, dude. That's uh, all good. Sorry, bro. But yeah, no, I, I am, I am like kind of infatuated with that uh, right. time era. That you know, it, it's it's insane. You know, Pablo Escobar, and I'm sure I'm telling you something you probably know, but for the viewers or or the, I should say listeners, uh, you might not know this, but Pablo Escobar was actually on Forbes. He was yeah. like one of the top, top 10 earners. richest people on earth as a drug trafficker. I could be wrong, but I think he made like number one on that list. I think he may have. He's He once burnt, I think, a million dollars in cash just to, to stay keep, warm. Just to keep his family warm. The dude, he would spend like an ungodly amount a month on rubber bands for his cash. Like, I, I'm not going to. I still it. don't think they found all the money he no. has buried around Columbia. No. But uh, I'm not doing it justice, but just go to Google and just type in, like, top 10 facts about Pablo Escobar, and your fucking mind will be blown. Like, he spent, like, $10,000 a month on rubber bands or some shit. So I just Googled P- 
Pablo Escobar Forbes list. It says Escobar made the Forbes list of international billionaires with a B for seven years straight from 1987 until 1993. That's so insane. That that is crazy to think. And he was seven years as a bu- 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 billionaire. And he was in the public eye. He was a, he was actually a politician for a little yeah, while. And yeah. and. He, he ran for public office, political it, office. It's so insane. And and all he did was drug traffic. That's how he yep. got his start. And he had this... Well, I mean... La he Ca- is the epitome of from the fucking bottom to the top. Oh, yeah. Well, La, Cath- La Cath- Cathedral... La Catedral? Yes, that. La Catedral? Okay. You can kind of... Depending on where you're from. You can speak the Spanish tongue a little better than I can. Hijo de puto? La Catedral. Yeah. So he built a prison for him and his homies. And he was basically like, look, I'll turn myself in, but these are the stipulations. And he built his own prison, had his boys as the correctional officers, his his own posse as the correctional officers, and had like strippers and like drugs and pool tables and didn't give a fuck. Had a close to like regulation sized soccer field where he invited the Colombian national soccer team. <laughs> To come and fucking play exhibition matches with him. <laughs> While he was an inmate. While he was incarcerated. Uh, I, I just hope if I ever go to prison for... Imagine, imagine being that rich. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, you didn't see Jeff Epstein, who didn't kill himself, get that kind of treatment. Right. Not rich enough. <laughs> Step your fucking game up, you pedophile. You fucking piece of shit that's probably still alive. But if you aren't, you definitely did not kill yourself. Yeah, that guy. Um, dude, speaking of killing, I know this is... We didn't talk much about narcos, but me and Roman are real big into it. But Big. But, uh, I, dude, I didn't even know it came out. I yeah. literally was on Netflix, and it was, like, recommended, and it... Two Fridays ago, I think. Yeah, dude, I didn't even know it came out, so I started watching I think I'm on, like, episode six or I, something. For me, it was one of those things where, like, in my brain, my brain sometimes sends me signals saying, like, hey, this... This is close to release or might have came out. So for me, when I realized it was full-blown ready to go on Netflix to watch, was my brain telling me, like, hey, just log in and see what was new, newly released on Netflix. Sure enough, it was Narcos Season 3. I think you should. Blew uh, through that whole season. I think you should read tarot, tarot, tarot cards. Tarot cards? Yeah, I think you should read those just because nah. that's how your mind works, apparently. I got to connect in Chambersburg if you want one, though. <laughs> She'll fucking crack an egg and tell your whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do, bro. Bitch, you're a chicken. <laughs> they, fucking <laughs> they fucking smoke a cigarette and crack an egg, and then they know your whole life story. Snort a line of coke. And you're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> Like, bitch, you smoked a fucking marble and cracked a goddamn unfertilized egg. <laughs> oh, shit. Now, um, dude, uh, okay, so the last... I th- honestly, I think every episode I've done so far, I've t- touched on this subject. Can you guess? Gay? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely touched on that <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> but, uh... Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. So, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, trials th- wrapping up today. Th- well, that too. But this this episode is being shot on Wednesday. Um, so we don't know exactly what's going on uh, if a, if a verdict has been reached or anything like that. So, um, but Kyle Rittenhouse. So I've I've looked at a um, 
I looked at a picture of the prosecution, which are the people that are trying to convict Rittenhouse. The prosecution, I guess the the lead attorney or whatever. Look, if you're going to try a case, especially a case of this magnitude, at least know what the fuck you're doing. This guy, I guess, got up and pled his case by holding an AR-style platform rifle and had his fucking, what, what do they call it, booger picker on the trigger or whatever. They, <laughs> I call it trigger finger. Yeah, he had his trigger finger on, on the trigger, which Gun Safety 101, if you've learned anything from Alec Baldwin, don't fucking put your finger on the trigger and point it at somebody without the intent to kill. And this, Or you might fucking end up killing somebody. Case in point. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. So, and I'm again. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to that. But I have mixed feelings towards that whole scenario. But this guy, I guess, in an attempt to, because the prosecution has been doing a terrible fucking job, terrible job, trying to blame Kyle Rittenhouse uh, playing Call of Duty on why he killed, you know, two people and injured another. Um, but. Yeah, the prosecution, the lead attorney, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he, I guess, was given an AR to uh, present in evidence. I don't From know what if I read it, it was the exact one. Was it? Okay, I was I was just about to get there. I, I wasn't sure if it was his, Kyle Rittenhouse's exact AR, but he's pointing the, the weapon. Um, now, I've seen a picture that said he was pointing it at people, like he was pointing it at the people sitting in the stands or whatever. I don't know if that's the case or not, but because you can never fucking believe what you read online. Wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either. And he was he he was uh, holding it um, facing towards people with his trigger finger on the trigger. Uh, again, if you know one thing about firearms... You don't put your trigger finger on the trigger, especially pointing anybody, unless you plan on firing that weapon. Even if you think it might be unloaded. Yeah. Even yeah. if that thought crosses your mind like, oh, I'm holding an unloaded weapon. Keep your finger off the motherfucking trigger. Yeah. Even if you look in a chamber and realize that there are no rounds in that chamber, just don't fucking point at anybody. It's it's like the first rule you learn in firearm safety. But anyway, um, the gun charge got thrown out on Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, and honestly, I think any of the murder charges that they're trying to pin on the kid aren't going to stick. I mean, I personally don't think. But what's your thoughts? I mean, from what I've seen, and I've seen a lot of this going around, this isn't just a trial about his right to to defend himself. This is a trial about everybody's right to defend themselves. Right. This, I mean, if the prosecution gets their way, this will set a fucking precedent. Mm-hmm. As far as who can carry what, how you can defend yourself. I mean, this guy, the prosecutor literally said, you don't bring a gun to a fist fight. Mm-hmm. And then went as far as to say is, Rittenhouse thought he was a guy that could bring a gun to a fist fight. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, how do you even know what you're saying is accurate or true? And B, a lot of people carry fucking guns for any sort of scenario. Fist fight, 
being held at knife point, being held at gunpoint. People don't just carry guns for no fucking reason. I carry one to shove it in my ass every once in a while. But right? That's- Pull the fucking trigger yeah. until it clicks. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, again, I don't want to get on it too much. But, but I've he, seen- he tried to downplay the whole, you know, people shouldn't be able to carry firearms to defend themselves. Yeah. And that it's just it's just not the fucking truth. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Open carry, I get a little weird with open carry. Like if I'm pumping gas yeah. and I see a dude that's flashing a fucking three fifty seven, it's yeah, like was, first of all, why are you carrying you. something that big? I was just Second about to say the same fucking thing. Why are you carrying it and showing it off? Yeah. I was I was just about to say the same thing. It Drives me nuts when people open carry big ass revolvers like a forty four or three fifty seven or something like that. It's like, and we're skirting a thin fucking line, and we understand that because Kyle Rittenhouse was literally open carrying an AR fifteen mm-hmm. that night. But I think he he did it. My my honest personal opinion is that he did it, realizing the scenario that he was walking into, which was Kenosha being under full riot. Mm-hmm. And as much as people want to say he wasn't from there or whatever, his dad lived there, his grandmother lived there, his aunt lived there as far as I know. So he had ties to Kenosha, contrary to what is being put out there by all these news people saying, you know, he wasn't even from the area. He trafficked a firearm across state lines. It's like his motherfucking dad lived there. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you want to admit it, I have ties to the place my dad's living you know, solely based off the fact that he lives there. Hmm. Yeah. I And his open carry and then some fucking like redneck open carrying at a gas station are two completely different things. Like like you said, he, he knew where he was going. He knew the climate in which he was going into. And then you got some fucking goddamn Second Amendment supporter. Uh, fucking going into goddamn Sunoco with a fucking three fifty seven on her waist. Hey, look at my nice shiny gun. Yeah, this is my goddamn right. Like it? This is my goddamn right. But if I'm a fucking asshole and I'm going in there to rob a fucking bank, who's the first person I'm shooting? The first person I see with a firearm on their waist. Fucking, it makes no sense. But I mean, I guess it's their right, so I can't knock it. But at the same time, hey, stop it. But it just goes back to my point of like, there's a lot more at stake, you know, for people in general, us as citizens of the United States in general, yeah, you know, more so than there is for him as an individual that did what he did. And I think this is a full blown, I mean, it has a potential to turn into a full blown attack on the second amendment. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Uh, what was that thing you wanted to talk to me about? The Oakland Raiders. Oh, the uh, so you talked about remind, the, uh, remind you was we, it wide receiver Rugs uh, Riggs yeah Riggs uh, hold on mind Sorry. you mind you we we talked a little bit before this podcast but I didn't want to talk about too much so he told me something about an Oakland Raiders uh, cornerback or something like that and I, I I told him I said don't tell me yet wait for the podcast so that's why I brought it up so the Oakland Raiders have released another thug ooh. Um, That's even a derogatory. This kind of ties into the whole like, you know, how far do we take our weapons rights and, you know, how how, how at liberty are we to to kind of take advantage of this right we have. But this dude, so. I did see this now that you're bringing it up. Yeah, it was uh, Damon Arnett is his name, cornerback for the Raiders. 
uh, was relief released for off field issues, and basically it stems from him. I think it was TikTok. I don't know. I, I think it know. was TikTok. I don't know. It's one of those things where you jump on for like thirty fucking seconds, and then you talk a bunch of shit. And but anyways, it. it I mean, this dude was literally threatening people and holding up different types of weapons, talking about you know I got hitters in my house. You know, fuck you talking about you live however many miles. <sighs> In relation to me, like, basically the whole fuck around and find out deal, yeah. which is the whole offense for the whole defense for uh, Rittenhouse right now. But the thing with this guy is, like, why are you doing it to begin with? You're being threatened online. Yeah. Or being, you know, you're being made fun of online. Right. Yeah, If that if that's the whole story, what you just said about how he's, like, threatening people and stuff like that like hey you make 30 million dollars a year what is that bad in your life that you have to threaten people online with a fucking gun like if it was just a picture of him holding a gun up to the screen i'd be like what's wrong with that i mean even though he had like a adult like a i'm, I'm probably gonna sound like a fucking idiot to you guys that know all your shit about guns but it almost looks like a double drum barrel you know what I'm talking about? Like a double drum magazine. Yeah. Uh, but if he was just holding the gun up to the screen like that, I would be like, okay, well, that's his right. He can carry that weapon if he wants to. But if he's like actively threatening people, like trolls online, it's like, hey, bud, you make way too much money to worry about what the fuck they... Even if you, even if you have the worst season of your life, it's like, mm, still getting paid, still doing better than you. I don't give a shit, you know? But. Yeah, he, he was, it just basically boiled down to him instigating and inviting, you know, a certain scenario to take place, you know, and, and add to the fact that he was, you know, in this video just showing off. I think actually it was a fucking, it was either extended mag or, you know, one of those double. Yeah, that's. Double yeah. drum mags you were talking about, but. Yeah. To, it's like, dude, why are you being so fucking silly, bro? It it just doesn't make no sense, dude. You wanna? This might turn a lot of people off, and I apologize in advance. But I am an avid MMA fan, and this podcast really isn't about anything in particular. So I think we're gonna start an MMA segment. So if you're not into that, a man, man, ass segment. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> if you don't like MMA. We're about to talk MMA because that's actually literally how we met. So we're going to talk a little MMA here. Dude, me and my buddy Jesse were talking the other day. Um, Justin Gaethje looked great against Michael Chandler. And Michael Chandler didn't look bad. I think he was doing a little bit more showboating than what he should have been. But he didn't look bad. Dude, can you imagine a scenario where Calvin Cater were to jump up a weight class and fight Justin Gaethje? What a fucking and and my, when me and my buddy were talking about this, he was talking about like, yeah, I don't know if Justin Gaethje or uh, excuse me, I don't know if Calvin Cater can take another seven hundred shots to the head. And like, I was like, yeah, but you got to think, Justin Gaethje doesn't really use head movement like Max Holloway does. Max Holloway is like a master when it comes to boxing. Justin Gaethje will kind of sit in the pocket and take it. I don't know why we got started on this conversation, but. We started talking about Calvin Cater versus Justin Gaethje, and I think it'd be an interesting matchup. I don't know how much bigger Gaethje is than Cater, 
But if that fight were to ever fruition, which I don't think it really will, we're just talking hypotheticals here, but I don't know, man. I think that'd be an interesting matchup. It'd be a fucking war for sure. I think it for sure favors Cater. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised you say that. Yeah, I I think I think it favors Cater in the sense that he he doesn't have to go into that bout with Justin Gagey realizing that he has to prepare for a technician. Yeah. Like Justin Gagey's going to go in there fucking swinging bombs and trying to knock you out. But he is technical. He he's he's gotten a lot more technical Not since. as technical as Max Holloway. And no. and I only say that because Max Holloway looked like a fucking god against Calvin Cater. But yeah. I don't want to say he got fully exposed against Yair Rodriguez, but he, his boxing did not look as good against Yair Rodriguez as it did against Calvin Cater. And on a two-year layoff at that, Yair right. had. That dude was coming off. And, and that's something I forget about that fact a lot, too. He was coming off of a fucking two-year layoff. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say he nullified it, because Max kind of went into that fight thinking, like, I'm fighting a technician. Mm-hmm. This guy, maybe he's not a better boxer than me, but he's super athletic. He's not scared to throw crazy-ass fucking strikes. Mm-hmm. Yair was chopping at that leg early, and I thought that was going to become a bigger issue than what it was. I, but if you've seen Yair's foot after the fight, Yair's yeah, it, foot it, fucking ballooned up. Yeah, like I don't know if he broke bad. it or, or what happened, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to say who I would have in that fight because Justin kind of has that like Philly shell stance, like he just shells up and kind of takes absorbs hits. Um, he just kind of puts his head down and absorbs hits, and then throws those leg kicks in the tight clinch situations. And I honestly feel like that would be more Cater's defense. Is yeah. to go in whether the first and how many rounds would they fight? Two rounds, three rounds, three, yeah, three for, round bout. Maybe go in whether whether the first round, yeah. Hope that something he throws at you doesn't knock you out. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gasses a little bit, and then you open up in the second and third with your fucking boxing skills, which everybody knows you have. They're both so fucking tough, though. Like it would be a battle of will. Like it, they, not. I don't think either of them would quit. That's what it would boil down. Yeah, to. it would. Now, just, I don't think that's a fight we would see go to the ground. No, God, no, no. I don't think so either. And honestly, the only reason Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje went to the ground at all was because Michael Chandler took him down. Uh, you can say he took him down. He 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 picked him up and slammed him, and Justin Gaethje got right back up. Kind of slammed reversed. the shit out of him. Oh, he slammed the shit out of him. Well, kind of. If you watch in slow mo, I don't think it was as bad as it looked when it was full speed. But Justin Gaethje did the smart thing, kind of rolled into it, and then got back up to his feet. And it got was his it, neck out of the way. Yeah, it was. It was that fight was fucking dope. Like that, in my opinion, is probably top ten fights I've ever seen. Uh, Justin Gagey versus Michael Chandler. But I think even for Chandler, like he, that's the mindset he went into with that fight. Like, it's I literally be have war. to throw fucking bombs for three yeah. rounds to try to knock this guy out because he's not going to quit. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh. I mean, Khabib choked him the fuck out. He didn't tap. Right. Yeah. Gagey yeah. didn't tap. He's so one like, of those old school guys. Like. Just doesn't have any quit. Uh, would rather nap than tap. I hate saying that because it sounds There's like There's no way a- Chandler could have thought I have any chance of tapping Justin Gagey out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I literally have to fucking just go in there and wing shots and hopefully catch him with something that knocks him out. Yeah. And talking about, uh, since we're on the subject, talking about Khabib, 
How much of a fucking diva has he become since he retired? I'm so tired of hearing all of his thoughts and there should be no such thing as ring girls. Like, fuck you. Ring girls have been around since the beginning of time. It not and I'm not only saying that, but like he 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 said that Islam Makachev deserves a uh, title fight. Gagey it's 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 not. No, it's just I, not true. I was telling my buddy this. I think Islam should fight uh, Dariush. If Dariush does, I don't think he has anything lined up yet. Uh, Islam Makachev should fight Dariush, and Justin Gagey should fight the winner of Dustin Poirier. Now I understand that's gonna uh, Charles Oliveira. Um, I understand that's gonna start a bottleneck of like waiting. But in the time being, fuck it. Why not? Because me as a fan, like just just seeing that the, the I mean the light the weight division is so fucking entertaining right now. Anyways, it always has been. It's who who's gonna be that guy that replaces Habib? Habib, yeah. You know, undefeated. What do you go eighteen and zero or nineteen and zero? No, Are you talking about for his whole career twenty nine well, and zero. So twenty nine and zero, never lost a bout. Who's going to replace that guy? Hardly run, I don't around. think it's going to be Poirier. I don't think Makachev deserves a title a title bout at this point. No. I feel like as a fan watching it, he needs at least two more fights before he convincingly proves to me that he's earned a title shot. Mm-hmm. If you look at that top five, all those guys have either fought each other or fought a former champ or fought somebody that was a number one contender right. for the lightweight title. Makachev really hasn't fought any. I mean, what he, he Dan, fought um, Hooker. He fought Dan Hooker. Hooker. He fought Dan. He was Hooker. an early replacement, right? Or was yeah. he a late replacement? Yeah, late replacement. Yeah, a number six in the lightweight division. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not enough to warrant a title shot in my eyes. At least two more. Fight <sighs> somebody from that that has been in the top five or the top three mm-hmm. recently. We'll say when the last eighteen months. Dude, speaking of those Dagestani motherfuckers. Animals, straight animals. Who do you think I'm thinking of right now? Currently trains in Sweden. Kazmat, Kazmat Chimaev. Chimaev, wow, dude. But he's not Dagestani. He's is, Chechnyan. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's oh, Chechnyan. Fuck, I'm canceled. Close enough. I'm canceled. They're from like the Russian right there. Culture. Yeah, I know. They're rubbing each other's nuts together. Ooh, friction. Um. <laughs> no, so, um, he. He is the only person I want to see fight Kamara Usman. And I know it's early. I know he's it's early. another one. He's like, he's right there. He's he's kind of, he exists in the same pocket that Makachev exists in. Yes. Like but you just have not fought the, the, the name you need to fight or as many people in that top 10 that you need to fight to get that title shot. Yeah. He's right there with Makachev. But as... Okay, so this is the entertainment value coming out. Islam has nothing for me in for, as far as the entertainment. I really don't care to see him fight. He just... He does the whole Khabib thing for the most part. Takes down, smash, smashes you. I smash you. He smashes you. Islam does kind of that Nurmagomedov thing. Cosmot fucking, uh, he's not only entertaining, but the way he finishes fights, he literally had Jingling, or whatever fuck his name, I think it's Jingling, isn't it Jingling? Who the fuck is it? The guy he just fought last. Listen to From, Tyler pronounce a Chinese I know, name and I'm tell fu- me he's not racist. <laughs> no, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not even trying to I be a dick. I don't even know. I'm I think not, Jangling, I think it's Jangling. It's Jangling. Yeah, yeah. Lamborghini. J- <laughs> Yeah, so Wait, fu- that's Italian. So he picked up Ferrari and fucking... Yeah, Ferrari. <laughs> nah. 
So anyway, he picks up Jangalang. Some Chinese guy. Yeah. And he's literally screaming at Dana White. Yeah. While he has him in the air. He hasn't even slammed him down yet. Talk about fucking theatrics. Dude, this guy is about as entertaining as you can get. And I don't want to call him the next McGregor. I'm not a McGregor dick rider. But like the amount of like it factor he has is I almost want to see him. Do you really want to see him fight Leon Edwards? Dude, I want to see him fight fucking Jerry Prohodzka. Jerry Prohodzka. Light heavyweight. Yeah, that's who I thought you were. I was Bro, like, they're not even in the same fucking weight. I don't give a fuck. I had to think about... You talking Fight about the, him and beat him, and you have earned your fucking title shit against Usman. You talking about the guy with the like the Goro haircut from Straight Mortal up. Kombat? Bro. He has that fucking like, shaved head with that big-ass ponytail out the back? Fight that motherfucker. Dude, that... Who, Wrestle that motherfucker. Him versus John Jones. I think it's too early for him. I, I, John Jones is, he's not the John Jones of old, but he's too fucking smart. He's maybe not in life, but he's too smart in the octagon. Um, I think he'd be a problem for fuck John Jones for a second. Back to Chimaev. Um, I mean, who does that guy need to fight to get to Usman? I think whoever we've, already, we've touched on theatrics. Hit, I mean. What what's the what's the uh, the weird stat for him? His opponents have landed like twenty eight strikes against him. Not in the even last it, four no, fights or no, some no, no, shit. No, you way over. It's two. Two. It's, it's either two or four. It's either two or four. And I seen a stat. Um, he was first in that lineup. This the next one was like forty to whatever strikes. Like it's not even fucking close. I mean Gerald Mershart. They call him MS or. MG3 or MS3 or whatever the fuck. Gerald Mershart, he starched him within like the first like 30 seconds of the fight. Just threw a a right hand down the pipe, knocked him out. I don't know. I'm trying to think of how to word this. It's going to be tough for anybody to beat that guy not named Kamaru Usman. I, I, because the guy has a wrestling pedigree. He has that fucking Russian wrestling pedigree. And he obviously has stand-up if he's starching guys in no time at all. Um, I don't know. The, really, the only person I want to see Kamaru fight is... I don't really give a fuck about Leon Edwards because he just does not have the fucking personality for it. Um, yeah, he's and, too. And I'm not saying personality is everything. But there has to be an interest in wanting to watch the fight outside of skill. A backstory. Yeah, there has to be some kind of backstory or something like that. Now, don't get me wrong. If there are fights that like are solely based on skill that I would like to watch, but there has to be. I don't know what it is, but Kamara versus Cosmot would be the only fucking fight that I want to see right now in the 170 division for the title. It's the only one. Not even Jorge, which we've already seen. Fucking. Talk about a goddamn knockout. Maybe he fights Jorge and gets knocked the fuck out. Leon Leon and Jorge are already matched up. Jorge's so. injured. He pulled out. What? For real? Yeah. Damn, I'm even I thought you're I was like you're I like thought three I was weeks behind. Yeah, I thought I was ahead of you. Fuck. No, he pulled out. Well, um, I mean, this page did used to be called my my Instagram page used to be called Casual MMA fan. Fucking proving I'm that you're a casual it, MMA baby. fan. I'm showing it. Uh but well, fuck, maybe, maybe that's the fight to make then because Usman just fought. Leon's already ready. We all know Hazma is fucking 
game for a fight. He's he fought like three times in like a month or some shit or a month and a half or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. I think because we still have Bilal Muhammad. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know who's really coming to his own. He's he's come up the ranks and. Not only is he a good broadcaster, but apparently he's a good fighter too. You know? That that might it, it might come down to those two for Leon Edwards, Bilal Muhammad or Hazmat Shmaev. Right. Which he, neither of them or both of them would be a good fight, I think. Because because one okay, so if if Leon Edwards beats Hazmat, that puts that many more eyes on Leon because of how many people are following Hazmat's progression. And if Hazmat, I hope I'm saying his fucking name right, but if Hazmat beats Leon Edwards, then that shows him as a legit threat to the welterweight division. So either, in my eyes, either way you look at that, that's a win-win. Because Leon isn't really getting any respect thrown on his name uh, as of late from the people that he beat, even though he just beat Nate Diaz not terribly long ago. Um, So if he beats Hazmat, he got all those Hazmat eyes on him, and people are going to realize, like, oh, fuck, he just beat the dude that's starching everybody or wrestle fucking everybody. And then if Hazmat beats Leon, th- there's no other place to go than a title. It, I mean, for sure for Edwards, if he were to beat Hazmat, it's like, you know, straight to Usman. Yeah. Well, either way, yeah, that's that's definitely a title eliminator. That whoever wins but I that feel fight, like even if Hazmat were to beat Leon Edwards, there's still one more fight in front of that. I dude. don't think so. Who are you gonna put? Who's up there? Colby? He just he just went through a five round war. I mean, granted, I I don't think I don't think because what what's next for Usman? You're, they're not gonna do another Colby. Did we just make the match? Did we just set the match? I think so. Cosmot versus uh, Leon. Leon Edwards. Yeah. That sounds about right. Then fucking I mean, John- it's logical from what you just said to me. Either way, that leads to a title shot for either of them, the guys. And then John Jones versus uh, the winner of Francis Ngannou versus uh, Cyril Gaon. I he think actually I- had something really nice to say about Gaon. Who, John Jones? Yeah. What did he say? his last tweet. He, uh, he said something about, you know, that's... It was very out of character recently for what John Jones has said about people. Hmm. Um, well, John Jones isn't known to give out nice tweets. So exactly. I take and does, where you do go. I think he wants to fight that guy? I don't know. I don't think John Jones wants to fight anybody in the heavyweight division right now. In the Why not? Five. He's going up to heavyweight. Why wouldn't he want to fight anybody? Why is it taking him so long? Because he's a. Why is it taking him so long? Know. I was going to say because he he's go, a bitch, why, but I'm not about to be <laughs> that guy. Why Why he's the back fuck. and forth with Israel Adesanya for, you know, almost a year? God, I want to see that fight in Just a to say, way. oh, hey, I'm moving up to heavyweight anyways. I'll never fight you. I want to see that fight in a worse way. Oh, fucking speaking. Sorry. I don't mean to change the subject, but uh, speaking of uh, John Jones, Israel Adesanya, uh, more so Israel, uh, dude, that fucking dude that uh, beat him in kickboxing. I can't think of his name. The Brazilian guy that beat him in kickboxing just starched. Oh, Alex Pereira? Yes, thank you. Alex Pereira, yes. Uh, Alex Pereira just starched. I've been watching a lot of his fights. Dude, he's. can you imagine the storyline if he runs through the middleweight division to get to Israel? You know, you know what solidified it for me, that match in particular? 
was the was the last one two sixty eight? Mm. UFC two sixty eight. I think so. You know, Adesanya does his little breakdowns, his yeah. little YouTube videos where he, you know, he shows you watching him. It shows you him watching the fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he was watching the Alex Pereira fight and he called the knee. Two or three seconds before it happened. For real? For fucking I didn't real. see that. He's watching it, and I, and it gave me goosebumps. Because I went into it like, I didn't even know Alex Pereira fought on that card. Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, real quick. That's why, I did, honestly, I didn't know who Alex Pereira was in, before that fight. Um, I knew that there was a guy out there lurking that has beat Israel Adesanya before in kickboxing. The only one. The only I, one. I didn't know that that's who that was. And I'm like sitting there like... Why is this fucking guy on the main card? Like who? Or it was either the main card or the main uh, the prelim main I, event. I it was remember. it was one or the other. But I'm like, why is he in this position already? Who the fuck is this guy? And then so they dude knocked out Izzy, bro. Yeah, dude. And then I was like, oh fuck, I'm interested now because I knew who he was. I just didn't know him by name. And I was like, oh fuck, here we go. Like you know, I knew he had legit credentials in striking. So I was like, here we go, let's watch it. And then he fucking starched him. So anyway. I, was, I was watching Izzy's breakdown, and literally two or three seconds before, he's sitting there watching. He's like, "Oh, he's looking for a knee. The knee's coming any second. And right at that point, as soon as he said that, maybe a millisecond after, fucking flying knee Jeez. starts that dude. Dude, how- and he's like, "I told you, I told you that's what he's looking for." Super involved in that fight right now because Izzy, he he's just sitting there watching as a spectator. Yeah. And he already game planned that guy. Right. The guy, the only guy that ever knocked him out, and they fight really similar. Like I said, I've been watching that dude's fights all week. The all his glory fights, all his kickboxing lead up fights to his MMA. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay too much attention to his MMA fights. His kickboxing fights, though, to me, watching him, he fights really similar mm-hmm. as Adesanya. Yeah. Well, and even in the fight with him. Alex Pereira and Israel Adesanya in that fight. Israel was winning that fight. And then Alex Pereira caught him and knocked him out. So it's not like it's like this like... It's not like Alex Pereira is this guy that's just going to run through Israel Adesanya if they meet again. It's going to be a fucking fight. Super close fight. Yeah, it's going to be a fucking fight. And I'm... I tell you, I I just pray this guy doesn't lose. I also pray that he's working on his jiu-jitsu. I hope he's working on his wrestling. I hope he's working on all the elements of MMA and not just this one-dimensional guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just going to be really interesting. He's going to play it. Adesanya's going to play that that fight super close, meaning he does not want to get knocked out by that guy twice, obviously, because he's a champion. Right. But just, I don't know, something about watching him sit there and gameplay that and call the shot before it happened. I was like, holy shit. Not only am I invested in it, clearly he's invested in it. Yeah. Well, you know what you can call him? Fucking Mystic Mac, because he predicts these things. I predict these things. And I predict this is where we are about to end this podcast. So, um, at least he thinks so. I'm going to drag this out another fucking 30 minutes. Jesus, I hope not. Because we haven't talked about anything gay yet. You want to talk about gay shit? No, I don't. Okay. That was a joke. Oh, because you know I'm always in there for the gay shit. I'm in there. In No, you're there. not. You've you've done some diligent listening to your listeners, and you're going to start cutting out the gay shit. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We, we haven't talked about sucking each other's dicks this entire bro, episode. Bro, I'll suck your dick right now. 
And that's about as gay as I'm going to get. I don't want you to do that, though. No homo. I don't want that. Oh, okay. Well, I thought that's why you brought it up. <laughs> I was sure. Fuck no, dude. <laughs> but, all right, dude. It's been a pleasure. Um, if you're still listening to this point. You've made it past MMA. You've made If you've made it past the MMA hump. And please continue to listen. Yes, please. Dear God. Because I'm trying to get as big as fucking. Not Joe Rogan because he's way too big. I mean, I'd love to get that big, but, you know. We're least, trying to get bigger than the small fries. Yeah, I just, if, if I could the make. The Theo Vaughn's out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Theo Vaughn. Just kidding, Theo. I and, love you if you're listening yeah, to this Yeah, because defi- he's definitely fucking listening. Um, but uh, there's hamburger cooking in the background, if you can hear that. Uh, I for can, some fucking rigatoni. For some fucking baked ziti. I thought they said Black Lives Matter, but it just says live. <laughs> Jesus, it's a black cord. I wasn't sure. Um, but it says crack lives slather. Ooh, crack lives lather all over this ass. Hey. Hey. Um, Holla. No, but on a serious note, um, for anybody that I am looking for sponsors, I'm not begging for them, but I'm looking, you know, if, I'm not opposed to the idea. If you are a sponsor, if you own a business, if you own a small business, big business, doesn't matter what it is. Uh, please feel free to email me at Tyler Boyd, B-O-Y-D, 90 at gmail.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, if you want to sponsor this show, we can talk. Uh, but other than that, I really got nothing else. Roman? I mean, all I could say is if you're looking for this podcast to be tailored a certain way, don't bother reaching out to this guy because he's not selling his soul for sponsors. That's right. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll sponsor you if you stop cursing, that's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. Fuck off with all your Jesus bullshit. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I love the Lord and I can't possibly sponsor something Hallelujah! about what you guys talk about <laughs> yeah no that's not gonna happen um if you like what you've heard in the past five episodes this being the fifth and you think you want to jump on board please feel free um, chances are you probably spend the majority of your time out back smoking meats ready to slather barbecue on i smoke more than one meat i ain't scared I'll slap more than barbecue sauce if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll fucking reach out, hook the guy up. Yeah, hook me up because I'm poor. He's not poor. I'm not poor. I'm but, not poor either. Um, I'm fucking way richer than he is. Probably not. Um, <laughs> you work harder than I do. Not really. I, not, not at all. Not really. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah. So this is going to be the why, dude. Every podcast that I've had so far. I'm like, all right, we're going to wrap this up. And then it goes another 30 minutes of me wrapping it up. Every fucking podcast. Every podcast. (laughs) I'm going to try to get better at that. Because you don't talk with the idea in your head that you're going to roll the same song that you open up with at the end of it. You always just cut it right the fuck off. Should I start doing it? Yeah. Why have you not given this? Every successful podcast closes with the same music or whatever they they open with well then maybe i'll do that maybe i'll do that maybe it'll start right now see ya